Well, let me tell you another funny story, New Jack. Back in 74, the great Charlie Rich was named Country Musician of the Year. Then in 75, he had to hand the award off to the new one. And you know who that was? Mr. Sunshine on my goddamn shoulders, John Denver. Really? <laughs> Can you believe it? Wow. Replaced by John fucking Denver. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I'll be damaged if Mr. Rich didn't pull out his cigarette lighter right there and light that award on fire in front of everyone. You get it? So you're saying, can you set my country music award on fire? I'm saying when my suspension's up, you better watch your ass or you'll light my ass on fire. Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Gabe Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. Are you sure your mic's not going to crackle? No, because I never hear it. I have no idea. Yes, I'm sure it's pulling from that mic. I right, went and I made sure. It's not crackling I made sure. Who's crackling? No crackling now. I'm just gonna yeah, do that all night. <laughs> well, why are you doing that? I don't know. <laughs> why? I mean, I've been up for like two weeks straight. I'm punchy. You haven't been up for two weeks straight. You Have know, you literally been up for two weeks straight? It feels like it. I know I've been saying for like seems like forever. Ooh, I'm just neck deep in festival prep, but I am still neck deep in festival prep. This fucking thing doesn't start till Thursday, and I can't. It can't come and go soon enough at this point for me. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Don't don't want it to come. It's going to come. And then uh, once it's here, just uh, mm-hmm. well, here's something. Live in the moment. Sure, I can do. Good. That. What's what's something? What do we got? Uh, you know how we've been talking about how Rick Ness is uh, 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 a man about town here in Madison, a doctorate candidate or maybe he got his doctorate or something like that he's a doctor doctorate doctor dr ness dr ness yes go on so dr ness seems to be a wisconsin film festival attendee and i, I keep looking in the speaking of last week i keep looking in the back end of this uh, ticketing platform that we have and i see rick ness's name appear every now and then do you want to hear what movies rick ness is coming to see so he's 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 not doing a lecture at these movies. He's just no, no. coming to see these movies. Exactly. Okay. Rick Ness is coming on opening night to see Anaïs in Love, a French sex comedy. It makes sense. Sex comedy. With, you know his his doctorate, I suppose. Right. right? Although we have more literate, literature based films that he doesn't seem to be going to as of yet. Maybe well, the, those be. don't have anything to do with sex, and, you know, right. he's a bit of a scoundrel. Uh, uh, speaking of uh, scoundrels, he's also going to see Anonymous Club, which is the Courtney Barnett documentary. Is that about sex, too? Isn't everything with Courtney Barnett about sex? Isn't she just the sexiest thing ever? 
Boy, this is all going to be cut. We're going to have a, a short intro tonight. Ain't no stopping you now. <laughs> He's going to see a movie called Cow, which is a documentary about a year in the life of a cow. Oh, cow. Yes. We're all very excited about cow. I believe it starts here Friday. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Isn't that Andrea about Arnold. sex too? Yes. At one point, the cow gets a colonoscopy. Mm. Uh, he's also, now here's something that won't surprise you. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, he's going to see the King Crimson documentary in the court of the Crimson King. Well, that sounds like the Rick Ness that I know. Yeah. It's got to be Rick Ness. And then he's ending the festival on April 14th, as many of us will be doing with a uh, theatrical screening of David Lynch's Inland Empire. Oh, have you ever sat through David Lynch's Inland Empire in a theater before? Not in a theater, no. It's Now, this is the one that's being remastered, right? I mean, how right. much can this thing be remastered? Are they going to reshoot it and re-record it? I mean, it, I heard it was like demastered. I heard it was like sort of taken back down to its original crappiness or something. I mean, it was pretty crappy at the beginning. I can't imagine it getting crappier. Gabe, you got a lot of boxes back there. What's going on? Those are empty boxes of the mixtape three, purple and blue, because we're almost sold out. Yeah? Yeah, but I saved the boxes because they're good for vinyl. The Kindercore vinyl boxes is what the cassettes were in? No, not the cassettes, the vinyl. Oh. I have one box of purple and one box of blue, and I'm thinking of giving them to you guys for the road or not. We're, We're all out. Hmm. Hold on to them. I don't know if we need them. How's it going over in California? We haven't really talked about your situation in a while. How's it going? Let's yeah. just talk about Gabe's beard for a second. Do you see what's going on over there? <laughs> Isn't I've been it the busy. same thing? No, it's much more full than it was last week. Well, it's, it's not as full as it was when I was the leprechaun pimp. Yeah, it's just still that same thing going on in the bottom of his face. But turns, it's not like turn he's sideways. got a mustache. Turn, to, turn, the, turn the other way. Uh, turn like three quarters. Like he's got like fluff coming out no. all the way up he to look, his ear. He looks like he's going to move to Pennsylvania. Staring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Amish farm. No, California's doing all right. It's 80 something degrees today. It's fine. Uh... Might have some news about where I'm going next and when soon, but I'm not going to divulge it just yet. Oh, really? Okay. So it's fine, but it's not that fine. Well, we're, we're, I think uh, we're not in Hotel California over here. We're, we're, it's the California's good, and it's fine, but it's expensive. Wait, wait. So, so you think Hotel California <laughs> is, is a positive <laughs> portrait of California? No, but it's think, it's it's, it's uh, stabbing things with their steely knives is is that sounds like fun to you? What's the line where you you you, you can stay but what is it? You can never leave. Okay, well, I can okay, leave. Okay, okay. You can I check can leave. out any time you like, but you can never leave. Right, that's the line. Yeah. So anyway, I am leaving. I will not be staying in California, but it'll be a memory I'll never forget. Something like what that. is it that's so expensive about your living situation? If I was, if I found myself in Santa Barbara, I think I would stay. That's is that where Gabe spots. is? I'm near Santa Barbara, ish, as the kids say. It's about a half hour, forty five minutes. Hmm. It's uh, 
I'm far from everything else. This is the other side. This is the other coast. Is it the other coast or is this the coast? I don't know. It's the coast. There, there are two. Yeah. I remember. I was on one of them six months ago. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad I brought it up. Yeah. We might cut this whole thing out. <laughs> well, I told you. Going to be the I haven't heard anything worth keeping yet. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck intros from now on. None of this. We don't need to talk to each other anymore. Scott, no. what? How did you feel when you woke up out of your procedure? Was it? Did you have uh, a pleasant awakening? Yeah, there was uh, applesauce, apple mm-hmm. juice. Mm. Um, what was your first meal after the fasting? Applesauce. No, that's not gonna. That's not a meal. Unless you have pork chops with it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch the Grammy Awards? I watched them last week. Uh, Will Smith hit a guy. I watched yeah. them last Sunday. That's the Oscars. Oh, right. Oh, I, I can't tell the difference anymore. It's all a Isn't... bunch of fucking nonsense. No, I didn't watch the Grammys. I haven't watched the Grammys since 1982 when uh, Toto won everything. And I was like... At 12 years old, I was like, oh, oh, I get it. This is just bullshit. <laughs> and uh, as far as I can tell, it hasn't changed, has it? No, I stopped watching when Jethro Tull beat out Metallica in, in, 80, in 89. <laughs> I mean, that was the final straw. Yeah, I'll bet it was for you. I can tell. I mean, l- let me ask you something. Uh, do either of you people know anybody who listens to that Glenn Baptiste or Charles or whatever his name is that won best best album or best record that guy from from Stephen Colbert what's his name oh yeah Jean Baptiste Jean Baptiste who do you know anybody who listens to that shit seriously mm-hmm. I don't Ben you're around a lot of people you're mm-hmm. not hermits like Gabe and I are or, I mean <laughs> there must be somebody you know that listens to that fucking nonsense in between songs from Encanto or you know whatever right I I, I did get uh, Encanto rolled at my job somebody it wasn't her but somebody left one of those messages on my voicemail that was like a kid singing that entire we don't talk about Bruno is that the song I don't know I'm blissfully unaware of all of this nonsense lucky man I think we're officially over the hill here Scott this is what you told me a couple weeks ago you said you're out, you checked out, no more new music. Now you're realizing I'm not the only one. No, no, you're telling me this is new music? No, 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 no. Fuck that. This is not have, all that's out there. This is they, not it. They have their ear to the ground, the ground or whatever. No, they don't. This is not what's out there, Gabe. I don't know what's out there either, but I'm saying that probably is something that's out there and people are going along with the gag here. But I say it's not. You, you see what I'm saying? I say nobody listens to this. Nobody's heard any of this shit. And all those people that are members of the Academy voted for this, you know, unheard. They're just like, oh, I like this guy. Check. Nobody's listening to this. Right. Nobody. And nobody watched more than five minutes of Coda, I'm convinced. There's no fucking way. I'm not sure about that one. People really seem to know... I mean, I don't think they've watched five, 
more than five minutes of power of the dog. But I'm convinced they saw Coda and they're like, well, this is really good. I'm shocked. Which is worse. Yeah. I think that's worse. Actually finishing that? How about you, Gabe? Is it on Netflix? Amazon? No, it's on, it's on uh, Apple. Well, I'm never going to see it then because I don't have an iMac or, a, or a, an iBook or anything, so I can't see it. Well, our guest today. <laughs> uh, that's a funny one. Gwen Inat. Inat? Is it Inat? Enat? I think it's Inat. You're asking uh, us? She, <laughs> she, she will tell you. She watches everything. So she'll be able to tell you what is good and what isn't good on Apple TV. Um, I don't know. Maybe you should get on board, Gabe, because uh, everybody seems to be talking about... Every show people seem to be talking about is on Apple, right? Severance. Thing, well, Severance. People I love do. that Ted Lasso crap. Yeah. Um, there's some show that Gwen is really into now <clears throat> with Jared Leto. And I know, Gabe, you love Jared Leto. We crashed. Yeah. She's a big fan of that show. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping so we'll up have with her the, on and talk to her and it'll be good. The only thing I I'm know sorry, that's Gabe. on the Apple TV is uh, the Jon Stewart podcast. Well, it's a TV show. Well, I catch it on YouTube, so it's, it's a podcast, kind of. Yeah. If it's on it's YouTube, just, that makes it a podcast? It's just tidbits of what he's talking about. It's oh. not the whole thing. So it's oh. a shortened version of a show, but I like John Stewart. It also so. doesn't sound like a podcast. Have you noticed our podcast is not the shortened version of anything? It's going to be. <laughs> this will be Keep real popping short. off. <laughs> okay, maybe it's not a podcast, but his show. I listen, I listen to his show and watch his show on YouTube. It's pretty good. So speaking of new music, I went to go to that ministry CLC Melvin's show the other day. And... Uh, it was great. I mean, I had every intention of leaving after the Melvins. Not because I don't like ministry, but, you know, people have been like, whatever, I don't want to see ministry. And I was like, okay. And then they started, and I was like, I'm not going anywhere. This is fucking awesome. It was intense, man. It was, it was great. It was a great bill. And, uh, you know, how do you top the Melvins? I'm not sure that they did, but fuck. If they didn't, they came close. It was great. They Where didn't was play any of the stuff that you like, Ben, but it was fucking amazing. No, nothing from With Sympathy? Not that I could sell. It was all pretty, <laughs> pretty intense stuff, man. It was great. Uh, it was at The Riv. Wow. Packed house? Was, what? A lot of people? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was packed. But oh, ministry, they still got it. And it's funny because you watch them and it's like everybody in Chicago not only used to dress like him, they still kind of do dress like him, you know? And, and it's crazy, and everybody knows this, but it's crazy to me that Trent Reznor is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Al Jurgensen isn't. I mean, it, it, it just shows... What nonsense that that whole system is, and and that goes for the Grammys. It goes for everything. It's all, it's all just you know, a bunch of fucking people slapping each other on the back in L.A. And do they really care about who's doing the real work? They don't. 
They don't. Not saying that Nine Inch Nails isn't great, but come on, we all know where he got it. And uh, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Why can't they both be in there? Yeah. Because we wouldn't be talking about anything else if they did. If they put everybody in, then, then there'd be no nothing to talk about. So. Well, I feel like they are putting everybody, but it's, I know. Every, it's all the wrong people. It it's is. People had nothing to do with building this thing, you know, and, and Trent Reznor has built something undeniably. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying that, you know, before long, it's just going to be about who is being managed by who it already is. And the people that are going to get in, it's like, well, it's your time. It has nothing to do with the work they've done. It's like, well, it's, it's time for you to be in there. And it's like, fuck if Al isn't in there, I mean, if you're going to put somebody in there for inventing industrial rock, what, what the fuck is an owl in there? That's a good yeah. point. Where's Paul Westerberg? Where are the replacements? Why aren't they in the rock? It's ridiculous. Okay. It's absolutely ridiculous. Gabe, your thoughts? Uh, I agree, but... Uh... Who who started the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I mean, how do you just start the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Like, oh, okay, this, I'm going to do it. I'm going to start the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, who's going to stop it? I thought it was it? that Jan Wenner, isn't it? I would blame Jan Wenner, yeah. yeah. But, but you, you couldn't have stopped him if you tried, because nobody has a claim to the, the Rock and Roll, right? He just made it up. <laughs> it's like it's like Dick Clark and the American, or, or, uh, American Music Awards. He just yeah. made it up. And Howard Stern, <laughs> I mean, not Howard Stern, but uh, Howard, uh, Donald Trump with the Miss America pageant. He just make it up. Oh. <laughs> that's not, this universe, that's whatever. Not, you know? I don't know. That's how that. I, yeah. I think Donald Trump bought that, right? I don't know if Jan Winter has control over it anymore, though. It seems to me like, like John Silva and uh, what's his name from Interscope kind of has control of it. Jimmy, Jimmy Iovine. Yeah, it seems like they're calling all the shots lately. I could be mm. wrong, but it, it looks like that to me. It's like a good old boys club, right? Yes. Yeah, you could say that. Okay. But but it doesn't it it doesn't matter and the fact and the fact that we're even talking about it is ridiculous. Because you you just it's all Ben's fault cuz you brought up the Grammys. Thanks a lot, Ben. <laughs> I didn't even watch it. I don't even know why I brought it up. <laughs> I don't know I don't know we a were, single winner. We I didn't even know that John Baptiste won anything. Like, you're more in the loop than I am. I had no fucking idea he won a Grammy or more than one Grammy. I just happened to see it and it, and it, and it, it, I, I, I can't lie. You, you just heard me go off. It sent me on a tizzy. I was like, come on. This is, is ridiculous. Did he win album of the year? Is there such a thing as album of the year anymore? I believe he won album of the year. Wow. That's it's just because wild. Taylor Swift didn't put anything out, I guess, maybe. Who she knows? put out four albums this year. No, not people are, people are listening to Taylor Swift. You, you see what I'm saying here? Yeah. See why it makes me so crazy? She redid the record. You can't count those, do you? Wait, I don't that, even know what you're talking about. Did that she Billie Eilish win a bunch of shit? She I don't know. It. I have no idea. I can't get any information out of this fucking <clears throat> It's old news. 10 must-see moments from the 2022 Grammys. BTS. There are not 10 must-see moments. (laughs) BTS do James Bond. Mm -hmm. 
BTS, is that like that Korean pop band or? You know it is, Ben. No, I, I barely do. Yeah. But right. what does it mean when it says they do James Bond? Did they did they do the James Bond theme song this year? From what I've heard, they did a. Um, oh no, Billy Eilish did. No, Billy Eilish did that. Yeah, but they did sort of a spy type of oh. dance number. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. Are they the Menudo of Korea? <sighs> they they got to be bigger than Menudo at this point. Yeah, but it's just it's it's just a, a guy that fits the suit. Do either one know. of you know a single BTS song? No. No. Even the name of a BTS song. No. No. And I'd be offended if you did. <laughs> okay. well, thank God I don't. <laughs> hey everybody, it's Gwen Inot. Is it Inot? It is. is. It no, nobody says it right. Um, I don't say it right. It's fine. I've been freaking out about it for the last <laughs> two hours. So it's Inot, right? Or, yeah, Inat, Inat, it's, uh, um, Inat. Blake used to say it was like an anagram for nothing. They thought it was an anagram for haint, like at the uh-huh. beginning of a heart-shaped box by Nirvana. Right. It's just, it's the dumbest, like, five-letter name that nobody can spell or pronounce. My kids have my husband's name. Like, you don't want this name. Get this name. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Okay. Don't worry about it, but Why Gwen is a music critic, a TV critic, a film critic. You just criticize whatever the hell you want, right? A lot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of TV, um, a lot of, I was doing a lot of interviews, um, which has been really fun. You know, on the AV Club staff, it's not a revelation to reveal that um, I'm, I'm skew on the older side. So when somebody like Tom Jones, you know, has a new record out <laughs> and the kids are like, who's that? I'm like, oh, my God, I want to talk to Tom Jones. And then we were in like a Zoom call like this, you know, because we're all remote. And I made a joke about I just have to figure out how to throw my underwear through the Zoom. And right. then realizing that they're like may not know what that means. And then I have to explain something on the chat. Like, I'm so sorry, children. That is a yeah, if it you sucks when Tom you have Jones, to explain. Like, it sucks to have to explain Tom Jones. What Tom Jones of, is famous for. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. thought um, she was having to explain underwear. Kids don't bunch wear Bunch of wet-nosed kids. I know. They don't. Uh, but that was really great, and he called me love at the end of it, and I almost blacked out completely. So <laughs> if you're like a 70-year-old or 80-year-old uh, musician that's still coming out with stuff, I probably interviewed you within the last you know, two, three years. Like Alice Cooper, you know, happy to do it. Nice. That was a total career peak. Yeah. I mean, you seem pretty comfortable writing about anything. And not a lot of people can do that. Well, thanks. I mean, I try to. It's been really fun for me. I Sometimes I still can't believe that that's my job, you know, because from the time I was a little kid, that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to be a writer. And the fact that my byline is, which is why I could never even change that dumb name because it was my byline forever. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just kind of stuck with it. Um, yeah, I'm like, who else would want that name? Did you hear my um, my story about uh, Big Little Lies? No. You know what that is? That uh, it's like that an TV Australian. Show. It was based on an Australian novel bestseller, and then yeah, Reese Witherspoon made a TV show. Um, and I reviewed the show for the site, and then that author, Lian Mortiardi, had a new book out called Nine Perfect Strangers, which was also recently a TV show. And I'm reading the book, and like it starts out that the no- the main character's novelist, who I think is based on her, is really upset by this review, and the viewer's name is Helen Ina. Uh huh. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like that is so close to my name, 
And then I keep reading the book. And then there's like a like a therapy session with this guy and he flashes back to like his father leaving his uh, mother for a woman named Gwen in italics. And he's like, maybe there were nice Gwens in the world, but he doubted it. And I'm like, did I write a really bad review or something? Like that this woman is like taking the piss out of me in a bestseller? I think I called her book an airport read because I did buy it in an airport, but I don't think that's not a slam. That's not nice. (laughs) Isn't Mike Shannon in that show? We can ask him. We could could, could use him as a conduit to find out. He was great. He was a highlight for sure. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And and then the end of the book, Helen Einat, like this reviewer comes back and she loses all her money in a Bitcoin scheme. So she dies like alone and penniless. But because she hated trite endings, she was okay with that. Like she really had to come back and like just give it to me, and then and then when the TV show out, I totally tried to interview her, and to find out, you know, if I was Helen Einat, and I swear I'll quit talking about my name any second. And they're like, no, she's super busy. It's in Australia. Like they don't have phones in Australia. Yeah. And then of course, like that same week, like she's got interviews in Parade and Wall Street Journal. I'm like, oh, okay. So anyway, wow. curious. Snubbed. <laughs> totally so, snubbed. So not everyone is a fan of me, clearly. Well, some people read their reviews. Yeah. Airport read. Wow. Airport Ouch. read. Yeah, that is brutal. Please. I would kill to be an airport read. I'll write a trash novel and go roll around <laughs> on my piles of money. Like, what's, what's the problem? So we can't talk to you about what I really want to talk to you about, right? We can talk about it a little bit. Okay. I'll put the brakes on. All right. So you're, you've been at AV Club for a long time. Yeah. I started freelancing 2013 and uh, staff 2015. Yeah. Which is a great place. I mean, you know. It's a great place. That's like if I'm going to read anything about pop culture, it's, it's from there. And that's been going on for years. And you're not going to be there much longer. No, I'm entering my final month. Okay. You know what you're going to do? Um, well, I have some options. I have been interviewing. I had a second interview yesterday. And I'm, I'm kind of looking at it like dating, you know? Like uh-huh. if, the, if the right job comes along, you know, I'll get married. I'll get a full-time job again. But meanwhile, like I'm freaking old. I'm so tired. I have teenage children who barely talk to me um, <laughs> that I still have to get into college. You know, right. so I'm like, if I freelanced, that would be cool. And people have reached out uh, to see if I wanted. So right now I can't freelance for anyone because I'm still technically employed by AB Club till the end of this month. But then, um, yeah, hopefully I can, you'll see my byline other places and I can see, keep doing stuff. Tom Jones puts out another record, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so hopefully... <laughs> Then we'll see. I mean, I am, and I did finish a novel, and I have another one that I'm working on. And, you know, I've got a lot of irons in the fire. Nice. I was just so, going to say that. You should do that. Yeah. So, yeah, so we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, thank God I'm married to a union electrician who has great insurance. <laughs> I would be a lot more worried about unemployment if uh, if not for uh, the union. So, very fortunate. Right. Well, you got the union over at AV Club. Yes, which means I get severance also, which is awesome. So, yeah, so I'm, you know, people, I'll see people on the street. I, my neighborhood's really close-knit, and people see me, and it's like my dog just died or something. Like, how are you, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm really fine. I'm fine. I'm right. fine. But it but is this, sad because I loved it. Yeah, this, but this can't be the first time you, you've had a, a situation like this, right? 
Oh, okay. When did you so start tradition. writing? When did you start writing for publications and newspapers and stuff like that? Well, I mean, you and I met um, at one of my first gigs. I was I, gr- I wrote in high school, and then I was like a stringer for uh, some like South Suburban newspaper because my friend's mom was an editor there. And mm-hmm. then uh, I had oh, and then the associate editor at the Illinois Entertainer was mm-hmm. a stringer at the same paper and saw some of my clips and then hired me as a freelancer there. And then when he left, I took over his job at the entertainer. So I met you at Empty Bottle, like probably in like 92 or something, like <laughs> 30 freaking years ago. Right. Um, yeah, so that's when I really started writing like for a living. It was the entertainer stuff. And as we know, like remember in High Fidelity when John Cusack's character is like, you know, if I could have been a rock critic at the time of the kinks or something, like. If I could have been a music journalist, it would have been Chicago in the 90s. Like that was such a perfect time, you know, that you and I have talked about because I wrote uh, that big oral history for AV Club about Chicago music in the 90s. And right. what a big part of that you were. Right. So, and that's a really great really piece. Lucky. And if people haven't read that, they should check it out. I read it again before this. this. That was the only homework I did for this tonight was reading that again. I'm like, yeah, it's really good. Like it was just it. it really was such a wonderful chapter of music. Yeah. I mean, you could have expanded that into a book if you wanted. You, uh, know. you know, it's still a possibility. You know what I think of? I think of it more like a movie, like like Almost Famous, but like, um, or uh, or Empire Records, but like Joe Shanahan is like the Empire Records owner or something. Uh-huh. And then it's all the bands that come in and play at it. <laughs> Based on Metro, I love Little Plush. I got well, he's kind of an now. actor. He's kind of an actor these days. He's been doing some acting in our movies. So, oh, cool! What so movie? We, we made a we made a movie, and he's in it, and and I had to do a reshoot with him. But looking through the, I, I think I'm going to change the whole movie into a ghost story, and it's going to be about Joe being a ghost that haunts the Metro, and like he. Joe Shannon hasn't been here since 1982. <laughs> but he just like appears. That. We'll figure something out like that. But I'm going to call so it Let's that, Scare Kelly Way to Death. <laughs> right. So that, that article is great. Uh, I mean, but it doesn't really have what your insights uh, to, to that time. I mean, what, what did you, what were you thinking? Uh, what do you remember from that time? Um, that's such a fun question. I mean, I, Really, like, I was such a music kid. I loved, you know, I spent my allowance on albums. I loved it all so much. So just to write about music, which now that I write about TV and movies and other stuff, I'm like, God damn, music is the hardest thing to write about, you know, because you have no plot. You know, you can't, if, you, if you're stuck, you can't just come up with something. You have to, you know, come up, describe what's happening and really immerse yourself in it. And I did that for years. And I loved it. And then, but then when things really got big at the, at the paper and, and, and in Chicago, uh, it just all went crazy. I mean, thank God it was like, I was in my mid twenties. I just gotten divorced and I was out every night of the week. Like it was just yeah, so freaking you fun. Were. Yeah, <laughs> we all were. And then where I worked, I was expected to do that. They're like, no, we want you to go to Phyllis's at midnight on a Tuesday and go see, you know, hopefully the next big thing. And I didn't have to roll into the office till like 10 or 11. So it was kind of, it was kind of ideal. I kind of look back at it like, damn, I was freaking lucky. So that was super fun. I mean, you were like that too, right? You were, we were still living in Zion for a lot of that, right? 
Uh, about a, a chunk of it, and then like once uh, I th- think once we re- I realized I wasn't going wasn't going to have to go back and work at Subway. Mm-hmm. Gabe and I moved to Chicago. That was ninety four, ninety five, when we moved to Chicago. Something like that. Yeah, ninety four, maybe. I so just remember. For- sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, my boss, Mike Harris. Um, oh right, Mike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was your hugest fan. He, I don't know if it was a demo or the first thing he had from you guys. And he was just like, it's two guys. It's two guys. Like, he just couldn't get over it. And he kept, and then I think he was the only one in Chicago that liked that (laughs) first record. He was the only one. He's the only one that gave it a great review. Everybody else was like, well, this is a stiff. No, but then, um, yeah, but then it just built. And you just played, you just played Empty Bottle, right? Like a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, with the Married Men. Fine. Yeah. So I, I haven't, I'm still doing the same goddamn thing. And, but you know, everybody else is winning it. Grammys. <laughs> like who? Okay. Do you know anybody who listens to Jean Baptiste? No. You've got to know a lot of people. Who? Anybody. Anybody. That listens to that record. Not even at my work. Nobody. No. Well, who the fuck? Who the fuck is voting for this thing? Can you help me? I mean, yeah. you're you're involved with all these. No, people. I'm terrible. I'm so bad at. My husband is now like the guy who, you know, is checking. Who listens? He only listens to Loyola's college radio station, WLUW, mm-hmm. in the kitchen while he's cooking, and he'll come stuff. up with. It can it can be really good stuff, yeah. and he's found. Oh my gosh, he's so sad that retirement party broke up. Like he he finds these little bands, and then he'll want to like go to Subterranean. And I'm like, dude, I did this. You know, I did this 30 <laughs> years ago. Like I, but you know, everyone's will be like so psyched and like, okay, let's go. And then we'll go. And I honestly got, I think people, everybody thinks that we're the parents of somebody in the band because yeah. it's like in all ages, and everybody is younger. And um, but it, you know, it's a good it's a good hobby to have. And he's so much better at the the modern music. I am reading Crying in H H Mart right now. So um, Michelle Zahner's uh, memoir. It's going to be a movie, and she's from Japanese Breakfast. Uh-huh. So I have not. My daughter listens to Japanese Breakfast, but I need to give it a listen. But I'm terrible with modern music. But that's stuff people actually listen to. I'm right. saying nobody listens to this Baptiste guy. Nobody, <laughs> nobody. And it's the best record of the year. I call bullshit. Oh, the Grammys, it's all bullshit. Did you watch wait. it? No, and I didn't, because I'm kind of like checking out. I'm kind of like, uh, to be honest, I'm phoning it in, you know, basically at work. It's a, it's right a, now. It's a death march. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. I have my wine. Hello. Um, good, good. Uh, so, yeah, so every year I would have to watch the Oscars, like as a job. Like we'd have to go into the office. Um, we'd pop some champagne, but I would like have to write like news articles really quickly and be terrified as spelling somebody's name wrong and it was never really fun and this year my son's like let's watch uh my neighbor tortoro and i'm like oh that sounds so much better let's do that so um <laughs> so we're doing that in the basement and like the movie ends and i get on twitter and my twitter feed like like everyone's just exploded like oh my god what just happened i'm like oh my god what just happened like did a bomb go off at the Kinda, Oscars? Yeah. And, I, and, and then i tried to piece the whole slap together and now Oh my God, at work, there's like 
eight slap news stories on the front page because they're doing well. And they're like, well, what else can we say about the slap? I'm like, nothing. Can we say nothing about the slap? I'm so over it. So what shows are you like that you saw in the 90s? Are you able to lord it over the millennials? They're like, you were at that show? God. <laughs> oh, my God. There's so many, right? Yeah. Uh, What's your favorite one? Do you remember when Cheap Trick was in the 90s at Metro? Yep. And they were doing a four-night run. I do. And it was black and white, in color, Budokan, Dream Police. I and love that you call the self-titled record black and white. I is, am I wrong? No, I, I just never heard it called color. black and white, but I like it. Really? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's nice. That's how I was. I had it in my brain, and you know, and, then, and we all got like one, you know, one show, and it was like, you know, and I'm wrestling with myself, like, which one do I pick? But then I had to go with Budokan because it was my second record. And if you told me at 12 you were going to get to see this live from very close up, yeah, and I never would have believed it. And you know, as a rock critic, like I was supposed to be very like. You know, I mean, you go to the show and Greg Cott's just sitting there with this little notebook or whatever. I screamed my ass off at that show. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. It was so good. Which one did you go to or did you go to all of them? I went to all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding? I went to all of them. Like the first night, uh, the, the self-titled record, that was the one I was most excited about because I was really, mm. really into that record. And so I was in line and and somebody that worked at the Metro David James, he goes, well, what do you stand in line for? I'm like, because uh, I can't wait to see the show. He's like, grabs me, takes me on a line. He goes, puts me inside, goes, wow. have fun. And it was the first time anybody had ever done that for, for me over at Metro. I was Aww. like, we can do this? He's like, yeah, go ahead. Go, go up front, buddy. Good and, timing. Yeah. But we played, Gabe, what, what night did we play? Did we play Heaven Tonight or did we play... Ooh. Budokan. Did we play the Budokan? No, I don't, or was I don't that think it was Budokan. It wasn't Budokan. Smashing Pumpkins, that's Budokan. Oh, yeah. Do you remember, remember. Gwen? Um, now that you've mentioned that, I, for, I even forgot there were openers, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I mean, I was a kid. I can't believe that my mom did this because I'll, I'll do the math and I'm like, I was at the class show at the Aragon, but how was I at the class show at the Aragon? Because that was in 80 and I was 14. Like, was... <laughs> and I lived in the suburbs. <laughs> So did my mom actually drop me off in front of the Aragon and leave my friend and me? And I guess that's mu what must have happened. What did but, you see, Combat Rock or something? It was, yeah, it was, um, yeah, because they had all the MTV hits. That's all I knew at the time. I didn't know anything else about the Clash. I just knew should I stay or should I go? Right. Um, and uh, and it was crazy. It was all like Mohawks and giant people and contact high from the weed and. Uh, I've probably never been so freaked out in my life, but that is that is my street cred show that I will take from you. So was that the flash. first concert that you saw? Oh, I wish. Now, my first concert was Journey with Brian Adams opening for the Escape Tour. Oh, my God. That's a great one. <laughs> so it was so cheesy. And I really love Brian Adams more than Journey even. Fucking but... Brian Adams used to open for everyone. I saw Brian Adams open for the Kinks. God, that guy. Wow. Got opening slot. Jeez Louise. I loved Cuts Like a Knife, like that mm -hmm. era, you know, before he got all schmaltzy. It's a good song. Cuts Like a Knife is pretty good. It's, it's, it's kind of undeniable. It's pretty good. Gabe, what do you think of Cuts Like a Knife? That was the early MTV hits. I mean, it was rock, so I, it was okay, but uh, before he what went to you. What about Run right? To You? I have a soft spot for Run To You. That's a good one, too. Yeah, yeah but Run To is the rocker. Run To is the rocker on the schmaltz record, right? Probably, yeah. It's no, probably I the same it was record as '69, right? Nah. No, nah, cuts like earlier. a knife is on the same record as 
Gabe, are you looking this up? Summer of 69 or something? No. I don't think so. No, no, that was before that. Cuts Like a Knife is the name of the record, I think. And um, Summer of 69 came later. Yeah, but Run well, to You is what we want to know. Thank Gabe you. Likes, Gabe likes to break down uh, Summer of 69 and the Jackson Brown song, Running on Empty. Do I? Yeah, you like to try to figure out how old these guys are based yeah, well, first of all, on these I was two born songs. In, I was born in 71, so if he was 16 and 69, this guy is an old man. <laughs> this guy's old. Yeah, it doesn't make it, the math does not make sense, but maybe it just sounded better. Well, what, have you guys already talked about your first concerts on the show? Like, what are, but I'm curious. Um, I think my first concert was Robert Plant. That's pretty cool. 82? No, 80, was it 82? Maybe. But I, I remember my mom took me to see Charlie Rich at the Lakehurst Mall when I was a kid, so I don't know if that counts instead. Okay. What did he do, the most beautiful girl? Yeah, that, most that beautiful one? girl in the world behind closed doors. see? Wow. That yeah. One, yeah. And he also, he also had to give his country music award to John Denver. And you know what he did with that country music award? set that country music word on fire <laughs> what <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's old it's, folklore it's, it's a it's a it's folklore it's a yeah. it's a music <laughs> music biz joke yeah, run to you lot. is off of reckless which also had summer of 69 okay wow. so run to you is on reckless. okay more painful it's only love which is really not a good song what about heaven when did heaven come that's Same on that record right yeah that was wow. a big one. Although it says Heaven Live. Was that was the first recording of that a live recording? Oh wow, that would blow Gabe's mind. <laughs> That's great to have a live song as a single. Shoot. Originally? Who did yeah, that? Who does like that? Jackson Brown. I know. And I never knew that was live mm-hmm. until thirty five years later. It's live. It's unbelievable. there's you're like, oh wait, this is the live version I'm listening to? And then you realize there are no other versions. It's brilliant. Well, uh, Purple Rain. Yeah. Incredible. Live? I mean, it, yeah, it was. Ish? Live-ish in front of a very, um, what would you say, a sympathetic crowd. Mm. But pretty live. God, we really got off the rails here, Gwen. No, I'm no, I'm loving this. I mean, I I could talk about Jackson Brown forever. Yeah. Gabe, are you you're a big fan? I I freaked out when I realized Jackson Brown was part of the early Eagles stuff because I never really knew that, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, but yes, Jackson Brown is a uh, is a uh, classic, but not as hot as JD Souther. Now JD Souther was a hot hot dude. Gwen, you with me on this one? I can't even picture him. I'm sorry. I thought I thought Jackson Brown was the was the cutest. No, J.D. Souther. Now I'm 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 going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to guess, and I'm not sure, but I'm guessing you were a big Thirty uh, Something fan growing up. I did watch a lot of Thirty Something. Okay. Oh my God! Why is it so obvious? I'm I don't know. Angsty. I don't know. Just the way you talk about Super TV, TV shows. I'm, 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 and I'm a big fan of the show as well. But J.D. Souther is the one that Hope uh, thinks about leaving Michael for towards the oh. end of the series. Oh, the I didn't know that. The guy with the beard yeah. and the guy who's like, that's the guy that was part of the whole Eagles 
group with Jackson Brown. I had no idea. The guy who kisses her when she's pregnant. Yeah. Super yeah. pregnant. Good for that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> You've been waiting 59 weeks to bring up 30-something episodes to this <laughs> podcast. Whatever week we're on. What are we on? 60? Gabe, don't hate. You like 30-something, too. It was good, but it was no... Well, it came before my so-called life, but it wasn't as good as my so-called life. Everybody knows that. Gwen, your thoughts. What's better, 30-something or my so-called life? I was in the wrong age group for my so-called life. Maybe if I was younger, but I was kind of over it by the time oh, it came hurts. out. And now, aren't we supposed to... I don't, what am I supposed to do with, with my conflicted Jared Leto feelings? I know. Right? I am loving We Crashed right now. That is my favorite, favorite thing to watch. Are you watching this? Um, no, but we were, we, we were talking about how oh. you're a fan before you got on. So oh. tell us about it. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, it's right now it seems all that's on are like scammer TV shows. When you, you know, sit around and like, well, why do I not have a million dollars? Why could I have not scammed all these people out of their money? Mm-hmm. Um, I started watching The Dropout <laughs> last night and like, Okay, well, maybe because I didn't go to Stanford, maybe that was part of the problem. Or <laughs> <laughs> the Illinois entertainer that nobody has ever gotten rich off of. Yeah. But um, yeah, so this is one of those shows. I saw the documentary on Hulu about the, the WeWork guy and how they just kind of created this cult out of shared office space. It's completely fascinating. I'm like, well, I'll watch the show. And, and that's what this show is about? Yeah, it's about the, the couple. And they did, it didn't even really get that good reviews, but... Jared Leto and especially Anne Hathaway are committing so much to it that I'm just like, you know, he's got like an Israeli accent because the guy was an Israeli, even though in real life the guy's like a foot taller than him, but he's just totally, the guy never wears shoes. <laughs> Anne Hathaway has this voice that's like an octave lower than her usual voice and is just hilarious and awesome. And I like, I'm waiting for like every episode. I kind of like, um, the non-binge method now because I, I love it. Yeah, yeah, because you like you binge it and you're like, well, that was fun. Especially like with my kids, you know. I mean, again, how long are they going to keep talking to me? So it, when my son and I like we're waiting for the next episode of Hawkeye, like that's something to look forward to. Right. So now I'm like waiting for every new episode of We Watch so I can pounce and watch it. So yeah, but then yeah, that's the way to go. But then like with the Grammys and Jared Leto comes out and then there was all that stuff on Twitter like why do they have this guy out? He's you know. Um, you know, approaching teenage girls or something. They had all that stuff on Twitter. And then did you, did you hear the thing about, Oh, so that's why you hate Jared Leto, not because he sucks. Well, he just has like, there's, there's mixed messages going on. There's, yeah, I would say so. (laughs) Did you hear the Morbius story? We actually wrote about this on the site. No, I've not seen Morbius. Morbius is getting terrible reviews, but apparently nobody's seen it. He's a really, really method guy. I mean, he's kind of a dickhead. That's right. Yeah. That freaking guy. He, uh, when he was on Suicide Squad, he's, he sent dead rats to his co-stars. Do you hear that part? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard about like, that. Yeah. So, um, you know, maybe just, you dick. know, maybe just act and be normal and, you know, take exactly. ca- cash the check and go home. But so for Morbius, I guess Morbius has a limp. And whenever Jared Leo had to go to the bathroom on set, he would keep the limp. And it would take him like 45 minutes to go to the bathroom. And so the crew was like standing around like, what the fuck with this guy? And so, right. so finally one guy's like, hey, can we take him in a wheelchair? So that's what they wound up doing. They wound up wheeling Jared Leto to the bathroom because he couldn't break character to go and to the bathroom. And he's just loving it. You know? Right? Yeah. This, this, this is what he wanted to be wheeled around. Mm-hmm. Hey, 
Have you seen, what was that Gucci movie? Did you see that thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I what? loved it. What kind of Mario type of thing was he doing there? I mean, people are like, oh, you got to see this. He's he's amazing in it. I'm like, it's the most racist Italian thing I've ever seen in my life. What is this? And I'm an Italian person. According to 23andMe, I'm a, I'm a third. So I should, you know, stand up for the people. And, it, it, it's, it's tough to offend you people. I don't know. All the <laughs> Mario Kart, everything. But um, right. I don't know. But that's the thing. Like, I love how he just committed to the bit. I thought it was hilarious. I thought Gaga was great, too. So I want to like him. Like, I'm liking him in these shows. And then I'm like, but don't pick on teenage girls, dickhead. I don't know. He's picking on teenage girls? Okay. What, what does that mean? He was He was just like, he was, um, there was a girl on Twitter who was like, I'm 14, Jared Leto, you know. And I guess he's just known. I should, can I be saying this? Am I going to get sued? Absolutely. Please. <laughs> You don't you don't have a Twitter. you don't have an NDA with this it. guy, do you? Twitter said it. It wasn't me. Just yeah. Google Jared Leto, fourteen year old, and see what comes up. That's all I'm saying. I'll say no more. Well, I'll tell you. I'll t- so what? Did he lose his temper with 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 a fourteen year old girl? Is that what happened? No, I think he's just hitting on them. Oh, he's hitting. I think on he's just him. macking on them. Oh. And was I not clear about that? Oh, I I I, I couldn't tell. You were you were being you you're being skittish. You were being as skittish as a 14-year-old girl <laughs> around Jared Leto. <laughs> Do I remember like a friend of mine, we played a show that he was on the bill and she yelled out to him like, Jared, I loved you in How to Make an American Quilt. And he wheeled around on her like she had called him Shorty or something. And he said, what did you just say? She's mm-hmm. like, How to Make an American Quilt. I think it's a great movie. He's like, are you fucking with me? So he's never been a guy to have much of a sense of humor. So that's what I thought you were talking about. And he won't talk about he won't talk about my so-called life as if it's mm-hmm. as if it as if he's above it or something. It's I don't beneath, know. Beneath him now. Um, what somebody and it was another. Apparently, I'm on Twitter too much. I get all my news from Twitter. This is not a good methodology. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it says a lot about me. Uh, but it was like um, his new band was like 30 minutes to pee, which I thought. Was funny. <laughs> Um, oh, but oh wait, I'm going to circle all the way back. So speaking of the onion offices, I wanted to mention this. When do you know that I am responsible for your shock the monkey cover? Did I tell you the story already? No, but I, I, I knew at some point you were going to take credit for it. So please <laughs> go on. <laughs> I must have told you. So it was, oh my gosh. So the thing about onion is like, Everybody there works there is great, but like the higher ups, there's just like they fuck it up. Like they're 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 not getting the fruition. For example, we're on the seventh floor of this you know nice office building in River North, and they redid the roof really nice. I guess they had these great parties, but they never got building permits in Chicago to do <laughs> renovation. Right. So the city found out and now has shut down this beautiful roof that I got to be on like exactly once before it was shut down. Like that is classic onion. Like we're going to put all this money into this and then forget like something really basic. Right. Um, and I'm saying like just the height, lots of people who work there, but like some of the management people like, right. just didn't get it together. Like, so the AV club undercover is a perfect example, right? They had all these bands come in and do these great covers. It was so great. And they never got the rights to any of it. So that's um... why all those disappeared. I'm like, really? Like, no, how many of those 
did you do? How could you not think of this? So there's some of them out there, but they're only like bootleg, really. They had to take down like the AV Club Undercover channel. Oh, I and didn't that, know that happened. Isn't that crazy? What the hell? Uh, so my first week I started, I had just started and I'm in a big room with like writers that I'd only like, you know, idolized from afar, like Sean O'Neill, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Josh, Josh Modell. Right. And they had the list of covers that they were going to go through. And the deal was, as you know, you know, they they had the list and the bands would pick off the list, you know, which one they get to do. Right. And they had Peter Gabriel Sledgehammer on there. And I'm like, Sledgehammer. And I'm like, no. I'm like, shut the monkey. Hello. Much better. And Much again, better. because nobody else in the, you know, if you're a millennial in that room, you're probably not that familiar. But me growing up on MTV, I'm like, yeah, this is a much better cover song. So I did that. It was my first week. Like, shut the hell up. Maybe like just sit in the room and see what happens. But I was super excited. So then when you guys came in and then I found out you were doing Shock the Monkey and I'm like, oh, my God, this is perfect. Mind melt. And I was so excited. And uh, I said, Josh, I'm like, oh, my God, local H being here is like, it's like Aerosmith being in my breakfast notes. Like, I was <laughs> so excited. And he's like, well, do you want to do the interview? I'm like, yeah. I want to. So I got to interview you guys. I don't remember at the end of it. And then I, my husband and I went and saw you guys somewhere. I don't know how often you do that cover, but you did Shock the Monkey. And I'm just like, that was mine. Yeah, you was. We did it for a little while after that. It's a good one. Yeah, but I, I don't even remember how to play it. But you're saying it's gone, so I can't. I can't you, remember how to play it. If you you could search, I mean, but the original, like the official one, right. is nowhere. They had to take all of them down. Yeah. 
Don't you? Don't you? It's, Damn it's not that millennials have bad taste in music. I don't think they do, but they always misunderstand 80s music. They always go for the worst shit. You know, that like we were talking about Toto earlier, how much I hate them. And, you know, they're like, Africa, it's the greatest song of all time. I'm like, you're an idiot of all time. Or, you know, like, you know, they'll be, play some Fleetwood Mac. I'm like, okay, I'll play something off of Tusk. They're like, no, we want to hear something from Tango in the Night. I go, are what? you insane? No. You know, yeah, they com- consistently get it wrong. Wow. On 80s music, everything else they're, they're fine with. You haven't but- noticed that. Yeah, or like, you know, that's like, aha, like, I don't yeah. feel like that song should really be as, as huge and indicative of 80s music as it is, because it's really not. I listen, like, like I'm saying, my husband listens to music from this actual century, but if people come over, I'm like, where's the 80s alt, alt new alt Spotify playlist that'll play? And it's all just like New Order, Echo, you know, that's all my jam stuff. Right. That I was just, that's the good stuff. But I was thinking about uh, take on me today actually and I was like uh, dissecting the chorus I'm trying to figure out like that's all there is that's it take on me take me on I'll be gone I was like that's a chorus wow hey Steve Sleeve are you listening they got away with it <laughs> yeah Steve Sleeve <laughs> there's a new uh, documentary about aha you really want to yeah yeah uh-huh. what's it called um take on me gabe can you look it up for me i will look i will see it's the uh, documentary it's like, this isn't my job I'm he's sorry. busy combing his beard he doesn't have time for this <laughs> no i got my dog that's the producer gabe's the sidekick documentary okay. just just you know that's how the hierarchy works here that's I'm right sorry. sometimes well, I I and i'm the it. jackass I have a movie. If I look it up on my screen, I'll lose you guys forever, and then yeah, no, we'll no, have to start no. all over. Gabe likes to look stuff up. This I is have the movie, official <laughs> yeah. trailer, by Thomas something somebody. What's, what's the name of the Thomas. movie though? Is it just Aha the movie? Aha the movie. No, like maybe the Aha thing? Brothers. There's another short documentary. It's the same thing. No. First-hand films. Anyway, well, so. When you were at the Onion office, like, what did you think? Did you think it was cool? Did you like that studio? Do you yeah. remember being there? Yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. It was like, uh, I mean, I mean, I never went to college, so I can't really say it was like that. But there seemed to be is. a collegial atmosphere, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's two kegs in the kitchen. Uh, when I walked in, I... Uh, I was so used to working for nonprofits and they had like a little fridge full of LaCroix and I automatically added like $4,000 to my salary because that's how much LaCroix I was going to drink. Like right. never at a place that had free anything. <laughs> and the and the beer thing was huge. So now it is, um, it's just kind of sad. Like, because so many people have left, you know, the 80 Club isn't there anymore. And it's, um, you're right. I have the movie. That's a terrible title. <laughs> so it's like the so it's like the end of uh, broadcast news over there. It, it it's yeah it's like the it's a lot like that it's uh yeah it's like the end of an era like my son wanted to come up my kids used to love to come because there was always free stuff I wrote for yeah. the food site for a while so we always were getting like free samples of crazy stuff like carrot cake tasting peeps or something like just whatever. Um, and you know, and they or or there was like an old Nintendo in the kitchen that they could play. Like I think 
it probably warped them for life. Like they grew up thinking like that's what work is like. And like, right. really, really not. Yeah. But, uh, but everybody likes them. And, uh, so one day my son was like, you know, should I just like take the train down after school? And one of my friends was like, oh, cause it's just, it's not the same. Like, remember it as it was, you know, just, just walk away. Right. And end of an era. Uh, I mean, it's moving to LA and the, did you see the reader story? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I um, mean, you know, like I was, that's the thing about like doing, I did a couple of undercovers with, um, with the AV club and it's just, it was great to be there. Cause you know, I was such a fan of, mm-hmm. of what you guys were doing. So it was fun for me to be there. Um, and you know, it sucks. Yeah. It's going to be totally different in LA, you know, there's, right. it's not the Midwestern mindset that it had. Right. So, right. I mean, we were talking about something that started in Madison, mm-hmm. right? Which is even further away from L.A. than Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah. Um, I think The Onion is still, I mean, hopefully it's still going to be there. And honestly, I just, I feel so lucky that I did get to work there for as long as I did. And uh was just asking me oh the, so for the reader article even though none of my quotes were in the story i'm like i think i got like too emotional or something right. but i was trying to explain it like you could really like just uh, i love the monkeys like i love 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 the monkeys and it was the 50th anniversary of the monkeys and so i'm like i want to do a power hour of songs that you know people don't automatically associate with them and then i want to do a thing about their 10 best episodes Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, hero, go ahead. Like, you know, you can just do that. Like, if it was a good enough idea, like if Josh Modell said it was okay, or like, I love Neil Diamond, and I'm like, let's do an inventory of, of appearances of Neil Diamond in pop culture. Yeah, like, your article um, about Love on the Rocks is really great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I could write about, I should write a book about Neil Diamond. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he would just be like, okay. And then we wound up with so much that it was like a two-parter. Like, there were 40 instances of Neil Diamond in pop culture. Like, like just him showing up at the end of Saving Silverman or right. <laughs> using I am, which, you know, I am, I said at the RNC, like it's just rando stuff, but just to be able to like write about what you wanted as just like that, that it seems crazy that that was my job. So, it, but it was really good practice. It was really, you know, it got me writing a lot. I, I don't think I would have finished a novel if I had never worked there. And, you know, it's, it's time, you know, it's eight years. It's time to move on. Which yeah. Else. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's 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 something else. But I mean, I mean, you don't. I don't know what to say about it. I I, I really don't. Because uh, yeah, obviously this is something you've been doing for a long time, and and you got the bug a long time ago, and you're not going to stop doing it. It's just you're going to have to find a different way to do it. Yeah, and that's kind of exciting, though, right? Yeah, because I don't know. I, well, and just, you know, I'm 55. I really wonder, like, what what is my next chapter at 55? And I'm, you know, telling my husband, like, you know, like, a lot of these people are retiring early and stuff. And he's like, yeah, we have two kids to send to college. I'm like, well, it's just, you know, it's what, not what the news says. And everybody's, like, calling it a day. But then I realized that I would I would probably go crazy. I think I just, I would need something else. You can't do that. Do. No. No. I mean. Why don't you write some television episodes? I have thought about that. Actually, my novel would make a great 
uh, TV series. So I want to want to see how that works. Um, yeah, I'm, and I've also thought about you know when things are terrible and you know things are always kind of terrible. Like even with Biden as president, there's still a lot of terrible things going on. Hush. So, but <laughs> no, no, nothing against him. I love him, but I mean, there's still climate change, Ukraine. That's something like big picture stuff. So then part of me. He can't like, do everything. Gwen, I mean, no. Really? You're just going to jump all over Biden? <laughs> no, I love him. But I'm okay. saying for me, like, shouldn't I just cash it all in and go work for Planned Parenthood or something? Like, shouldn't I go work for Greenpeace or the Greater Chicago Food Depository or have my yeah. final chapter is like uh, putting some good out in the world, maybe? So I don't know. So I think about that, too. Like, maybe I that's where I go next. Or go to Dick Durbin's you could, office. You could re- go to work for uh, the Homeless Coalition in Chicago and work with uh, J.D. Souther. Is he there? Uh, I believe he is. Wow. And, and he's looking for married women. Is he, is he single? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's you what could. he's doing over there. Hope you wasn't open, enough. Hope was not enough. Hope springs eternal, though. <laughs> Were you going to say, Ben? I was going to say another idea is to open up a bookstore and call it airport reads. <laughs> Look at I Ben. He's very proud of himself. Like he's not showing it, but he, he knows he nailed it that. and he's super proud of it. And he's thinking, I think I just ended the episode. That's what he's thinking <laughs> over there. Look at him. Hmm. It would probably be so popular too. Although airport you know, reads. Oh, yeah. Well, I feel like people would kind of like slink in, like they wouldn't want their friends to see him, but then they'd walk out with like a stack of paperbacks. Oh, yeah. Well, you've got to have a lot of, uh, oh, shit. Who's the guy who wrote all those? Uh, oh, Tom Clancy. Mm. You better, it's going to be 75% Tom Clancy. Clancy, got store. a lot of Crichton, some Nora Roberts. Nora um, Roberts. Oh, Nora Roberts, yes. wow. Oh, Gabe, yeah. who's your favorite uh, airport author? I can't read on a plane because I fall asleep. Everybody knows that. Anybody who listens to the podcast. I, oh my I God, can't here he comes with this. Yeah, here we go. But that's all right. I watch movies and I listen to music. I'm not a reader. Never claimed to be one. What? You're not a reader? What? A reader. I read a lot of snooze on Twitter as well. You read a lot of snooze? <laughs> news. It's current. It's right, right now. It's happening right now. Uh, who do you follow on Twitter? Because I'm probably following the wrong people. My view of the world is probably so skewed right now. Uh, who do I follow on Twitter? Um, there is somebody that I actually enjoy following on Twitter. Uh, but you have to look them up because you can't remember. Well, you know, I, I follow Tiny Zonnelly. So mm. if she's got stuff that's pretty good. Uh, Hellfire Hot Sauce. Wow, I'm on any of these. Uh, yeah, there's Tom, Tanya Donnelly. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Tanya Donnelly and and uh, Hellfire Hot Sauce and Liz Fair, and that's pretty much it. I just follow '90s alternative chicks and hot sauce. <laughs> that's pretty much all I do. Gabe, who's your who's your big news source on there? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I'd have to look as well because I'm not. I don't remember anything. I read it. It goes in one ear and out the other. 
That's Truth right. Social is what he usually <laughs> follows. And he has had a hard week. No, I'm still waiting for my, my invite. <laughs> it's a lot of bowling and poker. Because I'm a big bowling fan. And I haven't watched that bowling TV show that was made after a pro bowler who used to be like a, a mechanic. It's like a new show that just started on CBS. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. But uh, that's, a, that's a new show. You so you know how people say uh, there's too many TV shows? Who can watch them all? Gwen watches them all. <laughs> I'm, I'm way behind on a few, but I'm, I'm trying to catch up. Did you guys ever watch, um, did you watch Documentary Now? Yeah. Like Fred Armisen? I, yes. I've and told Gabe about this episode. Oh, the, the bowling episode? Oh, that was awesome. That was, so, that was really good. Yeah. So freaking good. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, a, he's a genius. For that's sure. good. Um, so speaking of Liz Fair, have you heard my Liz Fair typo story? What's that? This is kind of, you know, these are all like, um, I've tried to go to the moth. You go to the moth and you, um, they pick names out of a hat. And I am not even tell you how many times, like they'll pick the first 10 and I am number 11. And it drives me crazy. Like I'm standing there, I'm like, I'm so ready to go. And every time, and then I'm like, so I'm never going to make so this. So what think, of us as, about? think of us as the moth. This is now the moth. Go ahead. Gwen, what is the moth? Here. The moth is a, is a, is a, is a, is a, is it a podcast or is it an actual radio program? It's, it's like a storytelling thing. Um, they have it at Lincoln Hall and someplace on the South side and at the space in Evanston and you just go up and you tell a story and it's five minutes. And if it's yeah, but then enough, they broadcast them somewhere. Yeah, is it a talk house? <laughs> is it a talk house thing? No, it's okay. a NPR mostly. NPR. And so then you just say like your first sentence. And so, you know, so I always say, if you, you know, Google Richard Bell's a prostitute, like you do every day, you'll see my picture, um, which unfortunately is no longer true, but it, it was a good channel. Cause, everyone, cause then everyone's like, Oh, I want to hear that story. We but, had the um, photo all ready to go. But what happened? They never pulled um, your name out of the hat. Yeah. So, so many times I would be, I would be the last one in the, like, what is this fate telling me that I can't get on the moth? <laughs> like number 11. Right. Uh, so the, um, but this one is a good one. It's, uh, it was in, I was still at the entertainer. Actually, I, I left the entertainer. I love the entertainer, not on like this job, like, um, but oh my God, they paid me in, I don't know, peanuts, basically. <laughs> like I got a condo, like a goddamn, you know, financial genius at 30. And I just couldn't afford it. I could not afford to work there. And so I got a job at the American Library Association fighting for banned books, um, which was a, a fine job. And but I, so I still freelanced for them. And Liz Fair's third album, White Chocolate Space Egg, mm -hmm. was coming out. And uh, they asked me if I wanted to do the cover story. And I'm like, of course. And they still had it like through the um, the publicist, even though we're both in like freaking Chicago, like she's in her Wicker Park mansion and I was at work, but whatever, it worked out. Right. Um, oh, but I should say before this that um, when the second album came out, Whip Smart, and I wrote the album review and the big uh, single, um, Supernova, your lips are sweet and slippery. And I, I heard like a sheriff's bare red ass. Right. Instead of cherub, cherub's bare red ass, right. Yeah. And I put that in the review in the day of print where you can't like change anything. And I think it was my boss's wife. She's like, um, that's, I'm like, 
I, I thought Sheriff's Bear Radrass was really funny. And she's like, no, that's not right. I'm like, oh, but damn it. What is that? I mean, you know what I mean? It's not a thing anyone's ever said to you, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> your, your, your lips are like a Sheriff's Bear Radrass. Yeah. yeah, they're uh, always talking about how cherubic your lips are. But it's it doesn't come up anyway, Liz. So anyway, so we're having the big conversation, you know, across Chicago neighborhoods and it's going really well. You know, we're talking about like how, what it was like being a girl in the Chicago music scene in the nineties. Cause let's face we it. We should have talked that about that. We, are we out of time? Do we no, only have we're not, out, we're not out of time. Um, hey, okay. sweetie, can you grab my computer charger? Cause I'm about to lose power. Cause I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> my teens come in handy occasionally. Um, and so <laughs> we're talking about that and then oh and then she included the lyrics in white chocolate space egg for the first time i right and i was like hey i noticed you did that why was that and she's like well i was getting misquoted like you wouldn't believe and i'm like oh and i'm like well oh and you know at this point like you know in the interview i'm feeling like we're all friendly and you know i can open up to her i'm like oh well i had you know horrible one and she's like oh what was it and I said, Sheriff's bare red ass. And she's like, oh, my God. She's like, that was you? She's like, that was the worst one. That's what I was talking about. I am the reason that Liz Fair started putting her lyrics in her albums. And apparently, because back in the day, like before the Internet, if you wanted to do like cheat music, um, you know, sometimes you would use reviews. So like somewhere in Germany, there's Sheriff's bare red ass and Liz Fair's sheet music because I misheard her lyrics so horribly. Is that why the lyrics are always wrong? Because of <laughs> music like writers. Me. Yeah, with, <laughs> with bad hearing or bad comprehension skills. And then I was so embarrassed that I immediately was like, uh, okay, well, thanks for your time. Like I, like, I just had to get off the phone right away. And she's like, oh, okay, because you're not supposed to do that. You know, you're supposed to stay on until the publicist right. comes back. And I like got off the phone and I think I had my first cigarette in like eight months and I was just, oh <laughs> and th so then I told Mike Harris about it and then I like made a, a sidebar to the story just explaining the whole thing like I'm a dumbass you know to no one's surprise and it's cherubs bare red ass but even now like if you if you google it again like Liz Farrell tweet about it like cherubs bare red ass worst typo ever right well what you're getting <laughs> out of all this is people actually read your reviews Thank you. Okay, that's an upside for sure. Yeah. And and you know maybe a moth story that'll get me on the radio someday. You know, right? <laughs> right. That's a good story. Right. Well, well I'm Liz not Fair an does fan. those comedy bits on her album now. You should just call her up and say you want to you know reenact that whole conversation. She's doing skits you. on her records now. Yes. Like yes. Outcast. Yes. On that last. What are you album. talking about? Like two albums ago. Half There's of it a skit. was like yeah, it was like a skit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what was the skit called? I don't know. There were Sheriff a bunch Red of Ass? There was like a skit in between every song. It was like a Kanye West album or something. It's crazy. I was tripping looking at my portfolio. Wonder how I was going to make enough dough, you know. Caught up a friend who wrote for One Tree Hill in Jericho. He had a job on me. I check it with the four-letter company. Hey, I got to prop 
proposition for ya How about you let me keep my profits as a scorer Record says I shrink and I'm getting poorer I got a kid to feed, how about you cut a deal with me? Oh, hello Blizz, we see you as a commodity after a series of phone calls with the great publishing houses of Ursa Minor, I reached my representative who pulled out the contract from the file cabinet on in the form of tablets made of stone. Then he said, album that or something like i wouldn't be mad trying to figure it out. yeah I, I, i'm working on it right now i, I really am it's gotta be for something it's happening then i could i could wear an uh orangutan suit or something like that is that the monkey with the bear red ass or do they all have it's a, <laughs> is it a baboon red. of some sort there's a baboon has the some kind of baboon, red yeah red sphincter. red cheeks <laughs> you should just swap out the lyrics to high five and motherfucker next time you do it instead no. of crass fat no. ass just no let's not do that 